This is the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church Reno, we love God, love others, and make a difference. For more information, visit lifechurchreno.com. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Good morning and Merry Christmas. And as always, it's just a Man, it's a thrill and honor for me to be able to get here, uh, be up here and and share with you this morning. I want to thank Pastor Dave for the opportunity. Um, But we're continuing today in our series, The Weary World Rejoices. And I think for most people, they can relate to the first part of that title, right? You hear weary world and you think, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, it's funny, when I think of that title, for some reason, I think back to my parents. Um, I think partly because they had to raise me, for one. But secondly, because I didn't have this great track record with Christmas. So i tell you a couple of stories. So this is one of my earliest memories. I was probably about five or six, I don't know. I just remember I was a little guy, and we were going to either some like Christmas party or some Christmas church service or something. I just remember I was in my little navy blue suit with the brass buttons, and there was some tension in the house. We were like late, needing to get out the door, and we were waiting on somebody, probably one of my sisters, and so I was just standing there bored, and I had this baseball in my hand, and I just began to spin around in circles, trying to get myself dizzy, just as... Kids randomly do, I guess. But I'm spinning around in circles, getting myself dizzy, and that baseball goes flying out of my hand and right through the big bay window of our living room. Then a couple of Christmases later, I can't remember if it was my aunt or uncle, so somebody gave me a slingshot for Christmas. And this wasn't one of those like wood ones with the rubber bands. This, was, this sucker was awesome, man. It had this arm brace and like surgical tubing and like ball bearings. And I mean, it was my form of the Red Rider BB gun, I guess. But man, I go outside in my front yard, Christmas day, man, like, you know, ready to ward off some intruders. And I, there was my neighbor, we lived in the suburbs, there's houses all around. My neighbor had this oak tree and man, I pulled back, aimed at that oak tree and I, shot that thing, it went right past the oak tree and hit the side window of a Suburban driving down the road, of all things. When it hit the window and that window shattered, it sounded like a gun went off. This poor family thought someone was shooting at them. I mean, and then what was even worse, we knew the family. My dad worked with the man. I was just like, and then fast forward a couple more Christmases later, And I'm cutting through the house, I'm in my bedroom, I'm going to my kitchen, and the way our house was set up, there was this recliner that, you know, through the living room going to the kitchen, and it kind of stuck out this way. And I was just full on gonna do the Michael Jordan dunking from the free throw line. So I'm running through the house and I jump, try to clear the arms of the chair, and my foot hooks the arms of the chair. And man, I did the most perfect squared up football tackle of our family's Christmas tree that you have ever seen. (laughs) Ornaments flying everywhere, like I crushed a couple of wrapped presents. So when I hear weary world rejoices, I think think of my parents and I'm like, yeah, 
I get it. I think a lot of people can relate to the first part of that, but I do find it odd that so many Christians struggle with the second part of that title. That so many Christians struggle with the rejoicing part. You know, for us as believers, this should be the most wonderful time of the year. There should be this great sense of joy and celebration around the Christmas season. But I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people, they'll go through the month of December, and man, they'll decorate their houses, they'll go to parties, they'll listen to Christmas music, watch cheesy Hallmark movies. Man, they'll come to church, sing songs filled with anticipation, and hear these messages of hope, and the whole time, man, their joy is missing. There's like this disconnect with the season and with what's going on in their heart. You know, I've recently reached that age where my eyes are starting to go. And I've always had excellent vision. I mean, I was like Mr. Eagle Eyes. But here recently, I've just noticed I'm struggling to see things clearly that are off in the distance or like read signs. Up close, I'm fine, but if it's far away, I'm doing the whole squint thing. And so I finally broke down. I made an appointment, went to the optometrist. He checked my eyes. And of course, my vision's nowhere near where it should be. So he prescribed me glasses, which as you can tell, I never wear. Um, and this past fall, my wife and I, we went camping. And I remember we were way out in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. And I'm driving the truck, pulling the camper. And I'm looking for this little turnoff. I mean, we're on like dirt roads, like ATV trail kind of stuff. And I'm looking for this turnoff, and I'm doing the squint thing, and I'm like, I want to put my glasses on. So I reach in the console, grab the glasses, which they've pretty much been there since the day I bought them, put them on, and I, I think I made an audible noise because I was like blown away by the detail <laughs> and the brightness and the colors. It was like all of a sudden my world was in HD. Man, everything had come alive. And I realized in that moment that, man, my eyes had been slowly fading over time to the point that my whole world was dull and muted and I had no idea. I had no idea what I was missing out on. You see, church, listen, even though I could see did not mean I had the ability to grasp the beauty and the splendor of what was around me. And I think Christmas is that way for a lot of people. I think life has just worn them down to the point that man, their wonder and amazement has become dull and muted. And what's sad is I think for a lot of people, they have no idea it's even happened. It's been this slow fade over time. And my hope today is just to simply prescribe you some glasses to reframe this holiday season so that you can see Christmas in a new light and fully embrace the beauty and the splendor and the majesty of what it is we're celebrating today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to, if you would, turn to Luke chapter two. In verse eight, Luke chapter two, verse eight. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. See church, the reason for all of this The reason we celebrate is because over 2,000 years ago, the most unimaginable event in all of history occurred. And God became a man. And I know you've heard this your entire life. I know this is not new to you, but what I want you to do is, man, I want you to try to understand, man, the wonder of this moment Man, divinity came here. That veil that separates heaven from earth for a brief moment was pulled away and the doors to the throne room of God were opened up and heaven touched earth and it changed everything. You see, he came as an unexpected miracle. And I want you to try your best for the next few minutes to try to wrap your mind around the wonder of this event. Think of it this way. Listen, the creator of all things allowed himself to be created. And almighty, all-powerful God made himself fragile the God that holds the universe in the palm of his hand became a fetus. The one who sustains life became dependent upon a young teenage girl. And speaking of Mary, I can't even imagine what she was thinking. Besides the pain that she was experiencing, I'm sure she was just trying her best to make sense of it all because listen, as she was holding this new baby, as she was looking into the face of her new baby, she also knew she was looking into the face of her God. That's crazy. I'm sure all of heaven stopped when it heard the first little helpless cry of God. He came as an unexpected miracle. And listen, the results of that night was so profound that we still feel it today. That night still echoes throughout time. And we still hear it today. The wonder and amazement that the shepherds were experiencing, it's still present today. Man, my question for you this morning is, can you feel it? Do you know what it is we're talking about? See, when you hear someone talk about the magic of Christmas, they're referring to the aftershocks of this moment. And can you feel it? You see, listen, church, the world's gonna be different this week. There's something special in the air. And I believe it's because now, more than any other season of the year, Jesus is everywhere. 
Man, people who never give him a second thought all year long, all of a sudden Jesus is at the center and the forefront of everything. People who go through all year long using his name in vain, this time of year they're singing his name in praise. People who can't take their eyes off of themselves all year long, all of a sudden, man, this week they're gonna have this heart to wanna give. Families that fight and bicker all year long, this time of year, they, they're able to come together. You see, there's something different about this season. And for a brief moment, man, things seem right. And the world is transformed all because of thousands of years ago. In a little stable, in a little town, God came, and we still feel it today. So he didn't just come as an unexpected miracle, he also came as the long-awaited Messiah. You see, listen, what happened on that first Christmas night, man, the world had been waiting for thousands and thousands of years, going all the way back to when Adam and Eve first sinned in the garden. As Pastor Dave mentioned last week, listen, the Old Testament writers mention this close to 600 times. The Old Testament prophets prophesied about this very night over 350 times. You gotta understand, the world was waiting for this. The world was waiting for the Messiah to come. And he came he just didn't come like everyone thought. He didn't come as some conquering king. He didn't come as this great warrior with a bunch of ceremony and hype. Man, there wasn't extravagance or luxury. And he came as a little baby to a teenage girl and a carpenter in a stinky stable. And it went completely unnoticed. But listen, even though no one recognized him. He was the one. He was the long-awaited Messiah. John 1, verse 14 says this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, he came as an unexpected miracle. He came as the long-awaited Messiah. But we need to also realize he came as just a man. He came as one of us. In the church world, there's this big fancy word for it called the incarnation. The word becoming flesh, God becoming flesh. And I think a lot of people struggle with the incarnation because it's kind of hard to reconcile the fact that God was completely divine. Jesus was completely divine, but also completely human. He was 100% God and 100% man. Here's what that means. That means that Jesus had to learn how to walk. That means Jesus played in the streets with other kids. That means teenage Jesus probably had pimples. Jesus sweat, had B.O. 
Jesus burped and other things. He got tired and sick. I was thinking about it. As a carpenter, he probably hit his thumb with a hammer multiple times. But you know what's weird? It's like it's a little uncomfortable for us to think of him that way, isn't it? It feels like irreverent. And I think a lot of people, they want to take the humanity out of the divinity because he's easier to accept that way. But my encouragement to you today is let him be as human as he intended to be. Here's why. Because he came as an example for us. 1 Peter 2.21 says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Listen, the reason why the humanness of Jesus is important, the reason why that's important to us is because it means that for 33 years, he experienced the very things that you and I will experience. Jesus faced the same things that you and I will face. He was hurt. He was mocked, he was betrayed, he dealt with loss, he faced temptation. Do not worry was spoken by one who stayed up all night praying in the Garden of Gethsemane to where he was sweating blood because he was so distraught at what was to come. Love your neighbors was spoken by the one whose neighbors would gather around to yell, crucify him. Pray for those who persecute you was spoken by the one who was unjustly tortured by the Romans. And greatest of all, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, was spoken by the one who in that moment was hanging on a cross, staring at his murderers, mocking him. Church, listen. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Jesus is not some elitist up in some ivory tower talking down to us. Jesus was not some out-of-touch idealist just throwing out a bunch of theories on life. He's not a distant God preaching at us. He is Emmanuel, God with us, the one who put on flesh and dwelt among us. And the reason why that's so important for our church is because, listen, he knows what you're going through. He understands because He's been there. And the life he lived, he lived as an example to show this world that there is a different way. So he came as an example, but lastly, he came as a sacrifice. The thing that blows me away most about Jesus' birth is that he came knowing what was ahead of him. 
He came knowing what he would have to face. You see, listen, the cross was not a surprise. It was no accident. God was not caught off guard. The shadow of the cross, it followed him wherever he went for 33 years. I want to show you this in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. It says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. Listen to this. Which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. You see, listen, the cross was not just his choice. It was his plan all along. Which means this. Jesus was born to be crucified. Jesus was born to be crucified and he came knowing what he would have to do. You see, when he came, he had already read the last chapter. He knew how the story would end, but he came in spite of that because he came because of you and he came because of me. He came because of his love and his compassion for us. Man, he came that first Christmas because he looked throughout time and he heard the helpless cries and he saw the desperate faces and he came to fill our greatest need before we ever took a breath. And I want you to come back in a couple of days and hear more about that. But he came knowing what was ahead of him. And if there was any hesitation in his humanity, it was overcome by the grace and the mercy of his divinity. And so why do we rejoice? Because God came and dwelt among us. He could have sat back and watched this world implode on itself. He could have sat back and said, you know what, you guys got yourselves into this mess. Get yourselves out of it. But instead, he put on flesh, stepped out of heaven, stepped into our weary world to pull us out of it and to bring us life and salvation. And church, that's why we rejoice. So we're gonna end a little different. I'm not gonna pray you out. Instead, I'm gonna to count to three and I just want us to rejoice. Because we have a lot to rejoice for, amen? One, two, three. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Um, I was talking uh, with a couple people on staff after the first service, and we had just kind of discussed um, how just even in ministry, man, we can forget the awe and wonder of Christ, and we can forget the awe and wonder of Christmas. And so as we go out this week, 
Man, may the world see us rejoice in the midst of the weariness that we live in. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this, and we'll see you soon.